is there like a marketing campaign or ad that you've seen recently that like you've absolutely just loved something you were like wow they nailed it um it's a great question and yes uh there's a company called loom which essentially does like video recordings of your screen and it's meant to replace like traditional virtual meetings so that you can work more and I don't know if they just have been reading my Google search history or they've been seeing, you know, my eye rolls when I'm in meetings that I have nothing to say, <laughs> but they are directly feeding into my pain recently that they're, they've been doing targeting me with like really specific video messages being like, make your day more efficient with loom. <laughs> don't sit in meetings that you, you know, that could have been an email with loom and it's just the marketing campaign has been fantastic. And they have a very good TikTok as well, which is why I think I've been enjoying uh, it. We love it. We love a good TikTok around here. The love Duolingo one. Duolingo is good. I almost called it Duo, Duolipa, but Duolipa. that's, that's some, different. That's someone else. <laughs> um, uh, even hearth hearth has a fantastic TikTok. Anyone on the podcast, obviously plug for us but the heart oh, tiktok yeah. is fantastic as well like tiktok is such a good medium to reach people yeah i mean it, uh yeah like the social media thing is so interesting because you try you know there's like there's like two things that people really want on social media my and this is my professional opinion my per, you know personal professional opinion it's like they want to be entertained or educated and if you can do both at the same time you've got like a real special sauce and uh and so that's what we're trying to do over on the, on the hearth tiktok so get on you know uh get on your get on your tiktok open your app and go to get uh, get hearth that's us on tiktok and then you can see uh dave and sarah is on there too she's yeah. making some content on there yeah. um but it's all One about messaging. That... And I think you touched on that where it's like, you want to make sure whether it's social, whether it's paid, you know, whether it's a billboard, it's like, what is the actual like message component and why is that resonating with you? Yeah. Like, 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 do, do you think the person on the other side is going to care about what yeah. you're saying right now? Like, that's what I ask myself all the time. Even when I'm at home talking to my wife, I'm like, do you think she's going to care about this? But I say it anyway, because <laughs> she's married to me and she has yes. to listen. <laughs> uh, but, uh, but anyway, so, okay. So this is a perfect segue into our conversation this week. Uh, we sat down with Matt Wilson of MPW Marketing. This, okay. This conversation it's like he just gave us like like thousands of dollars of wisdom in this conversation. It was incredible. Uh, it's it, it felt like the, just like a marketing seminar. Even I was taking notes like, huh, yeah, right, yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> and I do this for a living. So, uh, but uh, MPW Marketing, they specialize in uh, helping home service companies make the most of their marketing spend and hit their goals. And I know that's something that we're always worried about is like, are we spending money in the right places? And is that money going to the right, you know, are the right people seeing my stuff? And mm -hmm. am I like branding and doing a lot of stuff accurately? Matt Wilson's company uh, and them, they are, they are masters at this, especially in the home services space. Um, so we discussed that, right way to spend on uh, marketing, uh, staying busy year round. We talked about those shoulder seasons and optimizing for conversions and a lot more. So um, we hope you get a ton out of this conversation. Uh, and to learn more about Matt and MPW Marketing, uh, visit mpwmarketing.com. We hope you get a lot out of this because we definitely did. And uh, we'll see you on the other side. Good morning, everyone. And Matt, thank you so much for joining us this morning. Uh, we have Matt Wilson on from MPW Marketing. And Matt, go ahead and uh, love to hear a little bit about yourself and the company. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Sure. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me on. Um, of course. 
So MPW Marketing is a, um, a regional local marketing ad agency. Um, and uh, we have, you know, a group of 23 different employees here. And we um, predominantly service um, contractors. Um, and uh, so we're talk, you know, we work with installation companies, heating and cooling companies, plumbing, electrical, um, home service marketing companies predominantly. And uh, we've been doing it for about 16 years now. Um, and uh, we found it to be um, a really rewarding space to work in. Um, and uh, we love working with owners and helping them solve marketing problems. So yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's been good. How did you, how did you get started in this space? Cause I, I, you know, um, I come from small business, but like, you know, being, you know, have so heavily in this industry, like how do you get started working with these folks? So we start actually our first, one of our first clients was Carrier Corporation. Um, there we're in the upstate New York area, although we service um, contractors throughout the country. Um, and uh, Syracuse, New York was, was the home of Carrier uh, back in the day. I think Carrier has moved around a few times since then. Um, and we started working with the manufacturer on some of their lines and eventually connected with the distributor um, for the Northeast. Um, and that distributor asked us to develop a marketing program for some of their larger dealers that were really ready to take marketing a bit more seriously and not just take, you know, the packaged um, sort of um, online paid search campaign from an online specialty firm. Um, they were looking for to develop a brand and really tell a slightly bigger story about themselves. And so we worked with them to design uh, a marketing package that um, would help. And then, um, you know, we were, a, we were introduced to a number of dealers throughout the Northeast that were looking for help. Um, and uh, that's how we, so we sort of um, just connected to the dealers and contractors in the heating and cooling space through the manufacturer and then through the distributor. And we still work with all levels. We still do work with the manufacturer and, um, and the distributor, as well as um, dealing with contractors. So that I think I think that puts you like in a very special position to like help a majority of our audience because you know a lot a majority of our audience are contractors. Uh, and um, so I, I guess this leads me to my first question, which is, I know it's you know it's easy just to kind of go by the seat of your pants, and it's easy to just to kind of you know okay, I'll just throw out a Facebook post, I'll just kind of put out something on Instagram. How important? I don't know what the answer is, but for you, how, how, how important, how successful have you seen people uh, become when they've implemented an annual marketing plan or a plan of some sort that gives them the ability to just say, okay, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this without thinking about it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's, um, it's, <laughs> it's such a, a softball question because it really is the foundational component of, of the success of any marketing plan um, in so many different ways. Um, and I'll try and touch on a few of them. I think the one of the most important parts of that is, is the budget, just looking at how much should I be spending um, over the year. And so, you know, there are some rules of thumb in um, the, in the consumer um, home services marketing space that you can use. Um, back in the day, if you've ever heard of Adams Hudson, he's kind of a name from last from the past and Hudson Inc still does 
um, a lot of uh, direct mail, but they used to talk about the rule of three, six, nine, three percent of your of your total uh, residential revenue going back into um, back into marketing if you're looking to sort of sustain where you're at and 6% would be for growth and 9% would be if you want to either launch new products or, or be more aggressive. Um, I, uh, but, but that, what we tend to see is that, that those percentages and most contractors have heard of that sort of rule of thumb. And, and, but we tend to see most of our contractors in and around the, the four, five, six, seven range. So from a percentage investment standpoint, um, you know, around 5% um, to 6% of your total um, residential sales is, is a good rule of thumb for your total investment in marketing. So to start with, you really want to make sure that all of the things you're doing fit within that budget. And I'm talking everything. If you're signed up for some sort of referral platform, or you're signed up for reviews, or you're on Angie's list, or you're giving money to Yelp, um, in with the hope that that will improve your rating, which it doesn't, um, you know, all of the different things that you might be doing from a marketing standpoint, um, you know, you should really include under that budget. And then we start to look at, okay, how does that divide out um, over the different advertising types and the goal types that we have in place, you know, from a branding standpoint or from a um, you know, from an, an immediate marketing to consumers who are in the market today standpoint. So there's different promotional marketing um, where you're trying to generate sales when they don't organically happen. Um, and then also what's the seasonality of my business? So, you know, if the business has seasonality, um, for example, you might be uh, much busier home contract, home performance contractors, um, anyone in the home services industry tend to see things get off to a start in the spring. The summer tends to be busier. Certainly if you're in heating or cooling, you've got seasonality. Um, so looking at other times of year when I don't need to be marketing, where if I've done a good job letting people know who I am, what I stand for, what my values are, maybe I don't need to be advertising my heating company in December or in November or my air conditioning company in, um, in the middle of July. Um, and then, so what can I do on those months where I don't organically, the phone isn't ringing off the hook, but I could maybe um, bring people into the marketplace because they're thinking about it, but they're just not acting. So do I want to run some promotions in those periods? Um, some contractors call those periods their shoulder months. So you've got obviously the head where you're busy and then the shoulder months where you tend to be a little quieter. Um, so what can we do in the, in the shoulder months is, is, is an opportunity um, and then, you know, so, and then the other part of that planning is, am I getting any support from my manufacturers that I work with? So if I'm buying product from a distributor, um, or straight from a manufacturer, are they offering co-op advertising where if I, you know, include their logo and maybe a slogan in my, my advertising, I might get, you know, a few thousand dollars, $10,000 back in, in support. So, when you start to do put together a plan, you, you really have to look at all of those different components and, 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 how, and look to optimize them. Um, and then obviously, once you get into the minutiae of each of those different things, how do we further optimize that? How do we optimize the media buy for TV or radio? Or how do we optimize our paid search? Or how do we optimize you know, what we're doing with social media? So it, the plan itself, 
is a great start point to set yourself up for success um, and start to allow you to make sense of when should I answer the question, when should I be advertising? And, and then also how much should I be spending? And then, and then it sort of get into kind of taking that a step further. And if you have a plan, it's not as ad hoc. I think something we see a lot is, oh, okay, I'm slow. I need to throw a ton of money into advertising. Oop, I get super busy, take the money out. And there's this kind of dip of, and I'm sure you see this in a lot of your clients when they first start talking to you guys, you know, the dip of, oh, I'm busy, I'm not, I'm busy, I'm not, I'm busy, I'm not. And that's very, very hard to deal with because you have to hire employees, you know, you have to make sure that there's work for them. So having consistent marketing, especially during that shoulder season is something that I think when I hear you talk about is a huge opportunity for contractors. What is something that contractors can be doing more during those shoulder seasons when they're not slammed with work from a messaging standpoint to really make sure that it's resonating with the homeowner and the homeowner's learning about their brand. So come, you know, spring and summer, they're reaching out to that contractor specifically. So that, and in truth, there may be times of the year that no matter how much you spend on marketing, you're going to be quiet. Um, totally. Because it's be, seasonality, yeah. as you mentioned, so, to some extent. So there's the goal, all of our clients have the goal of flattening out and creating a much more predictable flow of business so that they can keep, if they've got, you know, 10 crews, how do I keep all of those 10 crews busy every single week? you know, and, and, and not overtax them at certain periods of time and not have them twiddling their thumbs at others. And sometimes that is, there are solutions to that, but sometimes those solutions don't come from marketing. They actually come from internal planning. So um, in certain businesses, there may be services you offer to your customers, um, maintenance services um, that you can take care of in the off periods so you can move all of that work out of the what's organically the where you might be doing new business or there's repair work or something along those lines. So that's the start point for flattening those things out. And then promotions are a good way to to get people's attention. We um, we have really good success with um, just preseason or postseason promotions where we might um, you know, work with the manufacturer to see if there's any discounts available. Sometimes there are utility company discounts available um, or rebates. And the contractors themselves can maybe add something into the mix to sweeten the deal. So maybe there are add-on services they can offer or upgrade services they can offer that they maybe only offer at, at certain times of the year. And then they can send that, they can put that marketing out to, first of all, maybe put it out to your current customers if it's the kind of industry where you have repeat business. Obviously, if you're a roofer, you've done the job, you should be good for 30 years. But if you're in heating and cooling, um, you know, you're going to be back in that home. There are going to be components that need to be upgraded or challenges that need to be addressed or components that fail because they're 10, 15 years old and they, they just need to be replaced. And so... Staying in front of customers is really important, but then also putting it out into the marketplace um, through um, more of a mass marketing approach. That's That's been really successful for a lot of our customers. End of season promotions also work really nicely too. So you can extend the season. Um, and some language we often encourage our uh, clients to lean into if they're comfortable is it's our best offer of the year. Now we don't like to get to like uh, starbursty and excited about things. We like to be honest and 
um, really helpful to our customers when we, um, and so we, we just say it in a straightforward way, hey, this is the best offer we make all year. It's a great opportunity to save. Um, and uh, if you're in the market for this product right now, we'd love to talk to you. And I think there's a, having that kind of vibe to your promotion um, helps you maintain credibility in the marketplace, helps you maintain that brand of trustworthiness and, and quality. Um, you don't want to come off like, you know, a, a car salesman. But right. Like know. end of the year, 200 off. It, yeah. makes it, it makes you feel more. And I yeah. think this is something we're really, we want contractors to do as well. It's like, come at it from an education standpoint, because you'll maintain so much more credibility with the homeowner yeah. and doing there, that in your discounts and promotion is important as well. There are industries where we can get more promotional windows is one we have, um, you know, window customers who are very comfortable getting super promotional. Um, sometimes they, we get creative with the promotions um, and uh, you know, and so it depends on the industry, but um, a lot of times, a lot of times our clients and we're recommending that they go after a brand of trust, um, that they look to develop this um, awareness for them as a contractor who does what they say they're going to do, who shows up when they say they're going to show up, who does a good job, stands by their work, has great trained team members, um, all you know, certified. Um, and you know, when you start to develop that brand, um, you need to make sure your promotions fit within that. Um, but yeah, the, the, I would say those are two ways to try to even out the load, um, to either try and launch the season early, extend the season, um, or try to move internal work that you have more control over. Um, it, some, some, some of um uh, some contractors have commercial work where there's a little bit more flexibility, where it doesn't really have quite as much seasonality. And so they're able to work their commercial contracts into the periods of time where their consumer and, and residential contracts um, aren't going to be. So thinking about, again, planning, 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 right? It's, uh, it's all part of that thinking ahead um, that, that makes a big difference. Um, that's, uh, that's a perfect segue to my next question. Um, actually, before I get into my next question, I have, I, I wanted to say the branding thing is so interesting to me because, um, that you're right. There is like this, um, this tendency to just kind of like haphazardly just kind of throw things together. And it's like, oh, you know, my work speaks for itself, but if your branding and your work are both speaking for you at the same time, there's so much more power in that. So it's like, for me, when I see the more successful home improvement contracting companies, they have a strong brand identity. I mean, it, it, it can be anything that they want, right? It could be something fun or goofy or serious or, you know, like we'll, we'll kick the hell out of your plumbing system. You know, it's like, it, it, it could be anything. Uh, but as long as it's communicating the way that you want to communicate along with your work, I think that's very powerful. So I don't, sometimes uh, when we, I talk to people about branding and marketing and stuff, I'm just like, no, it's like they work together to like, re to elevate you, right? You just, because if you rely on word of mouth, referral, like, yeah, those will get you along. But if you do want to see that growth, eventually you have to kind of make it all cohesive. And that's where the planning comes in. Um, that's where like, you know, all of the, you know, what's where MPW can come in, you know? Yeah. Branding, branding is the tide that raises all boats, right? That's the way we describe it. So um, you'll, what you'll tend to see, if you can develop a brand 
uh, in the marketplace that is going to support um, increased business, then you're going to see it impact you in so many different ways. You're going to see um, your referral business is going to be stronger because people will remember your name. They're going to know that you have a professional brand and that the likelihood is the person that they're referring has seen your ads. So they're going to be more comfortable saying, you know, I recommend, you know, ABC plumbing. Um, and they'll be like, oh, yeah, I've, I've seen their advertising. Now that person receiving that message will remember ABC plumbing a little better because they know the name. Salespeople are going to have a slightly easier time in the house. So maybe you're looking for a more sturdy margin on your product. Um, or you're looking to increase your closing rate, maybe you're closing at 20, 25, 30%, you want to get up into the 40s. Um, so a brand is going to support that, certainly if you're building a brand of quality, um, you know, when even if, you know, you're, you can't beat the price of one truck, Charlie, right, but you can um, make a value proposition that your product is better, your team are better, and that you're going to do what you say you're going to do. Um, and then, you know, the brand is going to increase a ton of organic traffic, um, and paid traffic to your website. So when people, when you're using Google paid search, or you're just optimizing your site with SEO to show up on page one of Google, hopefully for those key keyword terms in key geographies, when people see your name, they're going to be like, I know that company. I feel good about that company. Um, and, um, so the brand goes so far to, and then there are just good old fashioned people who don't ask for a referral, who don't go to the internet and Google who can, you know, service my boiler, um, or put, fix my roof. They just have seen your ads and they'll be like, I know who I'm going to call. I'm going to call ABC plumbing. So branding helps every single aspect of your business. We've, we've had, um, you know, Sometimes we'll start with a company where they'll say, I'm working with a digital firm and, and we are comfortable with the digital, but we need your help developing a brand. And we'll do the work developing a brand. Um, we'll create TV ads, radio ads. We might help with some messaging on the website. Um, we may even help with some ad messaging, maybe creating a more compelling slogan or presentation that gets used by the partner digital firm. And then at the end of the year, the digital firm will be like, oh, look, what a great year we've had. Organic traffic is like through the roof. And I'll be like, well, yeah, of course it is, because people have actually heard about your company and they're looking for you and um, and your click through rates on your ads will be increased. And so it's, um, you know, and, and eventually, you know, we'll we'll start working on all of the aspects of the marketing. Most all of our clients we're holistic with and we do digital as well as the traditional branding advertising. But, um, you know, often people want to dip their toe in and they see us as a, as a conduit to the branding components because so few companies out there really bring that to the table. Um, and so that, that's something that certainly makes us unique along with that annual planning and, and sort of the insider knowledge of the marketplace. And I think branding can elevate a lot in the home improvement space because there's so much competition. I think you even touched on it, right? There's there's a chuck in the truck in every industry who is going to beat out any legitimate licensed yeah. value prop company. And if yeah. you can go in to a homeowner's house and have a value proposition beyond price, yeah. it will elevate, it will allow you to close so much more work. I mean, I think, I feel like people have heard about my trees this so far, like a couple of times, but like literally, I mean, it's, I could have done 
a couple of jobs around my house for much cheaper, but we didn't because we went with someone who had like a strong professional brand that we're like, okay, even though we didn't ask for insurance, we probably can tell that they have insurance just by the way that they like are presenting themselves very professionally, digital quotes, digital, like we did everything digitally. I was just like, okay, these guys, they got, they got it under control. They got it under wraps. Um, So, uh, so I was just like very comfortable with that. Um, I do have, I I do have another question and this is, and this ties into branding, but like how, how do contractors or contracting companies make sure that they're getting in front of the right demographic? Cause it's, you know, uh, and, and, you know, uh, Sarah and I have bad marketing backgrounds and we work on the marketing team. So we have the way that we would do it, but obviously it's such a special space. Like, how do we make sure that if I'm saying, Hey, I'm going to kick the hell out of your plumbing, uh, that the person that's hearing that is like, I want him to kick the hell out of my plumbing. Yeah. So th- the, there's a few different considerations that we want to take into account. Right. So first of all, um, what we we definitely want to look at geography, um, the geography, the area in which you're marketing is um, it's so critical to 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 make sure that the resources you're spending are going into the areas where your customers are most likely to be, the areas that you definitely want to drive to, um, where you've got good word of mouth, where your trucks are seen on a regular basis, um, and uh, we often build. Um, zip code and zip by zip analyses for our clients where we actually create a heat map that shows here are the here are the four zip codes that re- represent the top 40% of your customers and the next 10 zip codes are the next 40% and then the remaining 20% are the 100 other zip codes in your customer list right now. So any digital marketing we want to do, we're only going after those top 14 zips and honestly, given your budget, maybe we should focus in on those top four. So from a geography standpoint, make sure that there's no waste. We actually started working with a, I won't name names. We started working with a contractor that was, um, that was buying broadcast television for many years. Um, and the broadcast TV market was pretty sizable. Um, it, it, it was in two states. And we figured out that he didn't even have a license to serve more than 50% of the market he was reaching. And then the, of the remaining, I think it was 40%, in a market he was licensed to serve, only half of that was in his geographic reach. So for every dollar he spent, 80% of his money was going out into areas he he either couldn't serve or didn't want to serve. And so how is he gonna grow a brand and and, and get increases return on investment in that TV marketing if he's only getting 20 cents on the dollar of value out of his TV buy? We just took that money, put half of it into cable, took the other half and did a bunch of other stuff with it. And he blew up like 35% the first year. So it was like, it's one of those, I wish we could do this for every single client, you know, and often there are obvious solutions we can bring to every client, but that one was about as obvious as it gets, right? Geography. The second one is age. Um, So what's the ideal age range? You just talked about the, um, you know, do I buy from the trusted contractor or do I buy from you know, Uncle Ted, who I know can do this stuff, or, you know, who works for ABC Plumbing in the weeks, but on the weekends, he'll come around and and do that work for me, right? So it's different, depending on your geography and where you are, it's different age ranges, like where where we are in upstate New York, um, you know, 35 is a good start point for where people have disposable income, and they're not trying to get it done super affordably. 
you know, if you go, we've got a client down in um, just outside DC in some of those, um, you know, high household income markets um, in Northern Virginia, you know, you could be in your late twenties there and be easily be able to afford, um, you know, a, a 10 or $15,000 project. So you got to know your market. You got to know what ages um, are appropriate in terms of, I have enough money to buy the system you're selling. And, and also track your closing, right? How hard is it for, I mean, for all of your salespeople to have an assessment of approximately how old your customer was, right? They're going to get it within, you know, five years or so. And so if you do really well with people over the age of 50, just because you know you can sell to people 35 to 50 doesn't mean you should be advertising there because you can close 50 plus business all day long, right? So thinking about who buys my product, who can afford my product, what are the geographies um, that I can advertise in, and then also household income. So that makes a big difference too. So we've also done, you know, uh, for example, direct mail, we can look at the household, average household income of postal routes, right? So we might say, okay, let's pull in this huge geography with 200,000 people, I want to drop a 10,000 piece direct mail. And I want to find the 10,000 people that have a household income between X and Y, because I do great with those people. So we can just go to every postal route, publishes household, you know, household income, household value, data, and you can just pull that list and pull the most likely 10,000 people that you could advertise to. So it's different depending on the media you're using. Um, you might want to also think about how you divide though your, your demographics up. So most commonly 35 plus or 35 to 64 are our most common demographics for home contractor marketing, home service marketing. But are we gonna get, if we buy Wheel of Fortune or Jeopardy on TV, are we gonna get the 35 to 50 year olds or are we gonna get the 50 plus? I think we're gonna get the 50 plus there, right? So let's put Spotify and Pandora and you, Dago, do you love Wheel of Fortune? Is that what I'm- I saying? love Jeopardy and Wheel of, I, it's my dream to be on Jeopardy. <laughs> I would I would absolutely get destroyed by, you know, someone with a degree in classical art history or something. But I, I feel like I would do OK. I'd get second place. I feel like I get second place. Uh, I love that. No, you're... But you've got but we can backfill the younger demos with other media. So Pandora, Spotify, um, digital radio is a great tool. Um, to backfill cord cutters, or we could do OTT television. Um, so we're anyone who's using Roku or um, Fire Sticks that we can actually target them with our our advertising to YouTube, Facebook, streaming. You know, streaming video. It's all available to us. Oh my God, there's so many options available. Yeah. Um, but there's ways to know that you get. Okay, I've got this group covered with this media, this group covered with this media, this group covered with this media, and then Wheel of Fortune and Jeopardy are a great way. It's like the Super Bowl for people over the age of like sixty. So, um, and, and Doggo, and Doggo, and Doggo. <laughs> I hey, that, listen, that that definitely has viewership younger. I think, uh, but but certainly as you get into the older demographics, you see the numbers go up. Same thing with really? local news. So we love to buy. TV programming that's a little bit DVR proof. Um, so it's, you know, we're not going to buy, you know, why spend the money on the prime, um, you know, show it, between, you know, eight and 11 in the evening that people might DVR and skip through ads. 
um, when you could buy local news and no one's DVRing and skipping through ads on local news because they're watching it when it's on because they want to see the weather forecast for tomorrow or find out what's going on in town. Um, same thing with, um, you know, the same thing goes for, um, you know, digital uh, programming. We love to make things non-skippable. Sometimes on YouTube, we'll create these little eight second clips, you know, so that the likelihood is people will watch the whole thing because um, they, they'd only be skipping the last three seconds or the last few seconds. So, And that kind of actually goes really nicely into my next question. And something that I've heard you speak on before that I really liked was, you know, a couple of years ago, there was this huge push towards digital, right? It's like, oh, if you're not, if you're not tracking every dollar spent through like a Facebook or a Google campaign, like you're not going to be able to get the you know, you're not going to know your KPIs of the campaign, et cetera. Yeah. And there was this huge shift away from like a lot of traditional media, as you touched on TV, radio, outdoor, you know, as home improvement companies look at this annual plan and start divvying up where they want to spend their money. Do you have good suggestions on how to really allocate budget and how to split it between these traditional media sources and, you know, digital, maybe like Google, Facebook and Angie's list? What's the best approach? Yeah. Um, we want, you want to find, you want to balance your advertising so that you're able to do some proper storytelling. So there are a number of different ways you can do that. Um, and, but TV, uh, TV, radio, uh, digital radio, um, those are good long form storytelling media. Like you could take you, someone's going to sit for 30 seconds and you can give them a message and you can rotate three or four messages in there and you can tell a story about your company. You can have an ad that talks about trust. You can have an ad that talks about, um, you know, the quality of your team. Uh, you can have an ad where it's a testimonial from a homeowner who was blown away by how much they saved. Uh, or the discounts that you were able to get through the state, or whatever it might be. So you could start to create this um, this uh, story about your company. That you know that is so important to be able to do. But your market and your budget will dictate which media you can use. So if you're in, a, we're we're really close to the Utica market. Um, and Utica is pretty small. I think it's market number 166. <laughs> so it's, it's really small. It's got, you know, 240,000 people in it, hundred thousand households. Um, you probably can have a presence in this market for $25,000. Um, so you can build a brand on TV for $25,000. Um, you're and then obviously you're going to need some nice TV commercial shots. So set some budget aside for that. But, you know, if you, if you're spending a hundred to one hundred and fifty thousand dollars a year, then TV is totally on the table for you. Um, whereas, if your total budget is fifty thousand dollars, do I have enough to do TV in this marketplace? I don't know. Maybe not. You know. So we want to look at we we want to look at when you talk about splitting traditional and digital. It's in a simplified way. We we want to do both, and in most cases, our clients are anywhere between. 60, 40, it could be 60, 40 in, in the digital direction or 60, 40 in the traditional direction, depending on the market, depending on how affordable TVs, TV and radio are bizarre. Um, you can buy, we use a um, cost per thousand is the way to compare the apples and the oranges here, right? So you look at what's a reasonable cost per thousand for a television ad, right? So around $20 per thousand is about the national average 
Um, any good media buyer worth their salt that heard me say that would be like, I can do better than that. Well, they probably can. And, and we do um, regularly. And in some markets, we buy as low as $5 per thousand. So I might go to one market and TV might be 20. And I go to another market and we can get, we can buy TV at five. So I now need to spend less in TV in that $5 market. And I have other money to do other things with that I need to, to have a good frequency. So that people are seeing my ads 10 times a month or whatever my desired frequency is. Um, so each market's different. Um, each market, you know, cable is a nice way to get very targeted to certain areas. The cable companies can be quite shrewd at, at, at breaking their cable boundaries up. So you often have to buy more than one cable uh, zone. Um, so sometimes those cable zones go right over the top of our clients. And sometimes our clients here and there's three cable zones right there. And you're like, well, if we want to effectively reach this, this market, we probably need to buy two or three of these cable zones. So you know, digital radio has been an amazing way for us to, to do branding for a lot of our clients because not only can you do it down to the zip code, um, so now I'm only buying those four or 14 zips, depending on my budget. Um, I can target by age, so I can click the button that says 25 plus, 35 plus, 45 plus. It'll tell me what the estimated frequency is and how often people are going to listen to my ads. Um, we can even target down to genre of music. And because digital radio doesn't have a ton of clutter, like you, if you turn the radio, a local radio on in your car, every 15 minutes, you're going to hear a, a six minute ad break with a ton of ads in it. On digital radio, every half hour or so, maybe you hear a couple of ads. So if you get a regional or local home contractor advertising in digital radio, not people, rec people are surprised. They're like, oh, wow, I heard you know, ABC plumbing in my, uh, in, on Pandora. Like, I can't believe that. That really stands out. We have a lot of our dealers and contractors reporting back to us. Like people are selling us, they hear us, they've heard us on digital radio. And um, so that can be a good way to target down to the zip code. If you don't have a good market for branding, you can do video on social media, um, although social media is a complicated way to build a brand because most of the time people don't want to interact with contractors on social media. They want to, they want to interact with um, their friends or lifestyle things that tell people something about them. So this is my band. This is my, this is where I eat my sushi. Uh, you know, this is where I go night clubbing or um, those are the kinds of things my mother would be putting on social media. She goes clubbing. Um, but <laughs> and she I, eats sushi. A yeah, she's big into sushi. <laughs> the sushi uh, nightclub. Yeah, but, but, you know, so, but no one's like, oh, this is my, this is my roofer. <laughs> this is where, you know, so it's, and some of these products are so not sexy at all. Like heating and cooling is the least sexy product out there. You know, no one, no one wants to know about the new system you got installed in your basement, you know, unless it's got some funky feature um, that you're really proud of. And so, Social media can be complicated uh, because the algorithms tend to suppress the amount of reach you have. So you have to obviously use money to support that, the um, putting your message out there. And then if we've agreed that video is a great way to tell stories and impact the heart, well, all of the video is skippable on social, right? So it's like, now it's just like next, next, next. So are you going to sit through a 30 second ad? We do it. Um, and we see some view through, we'll see like maybe 30% view through on our video. We'll put small budgets into 
YouTube pre-roll and so and video for storytelling in those digital media. But it's if you want to really raise the tide that I was talking about, having those bigger media that still get a lot of eyeballs um, or um, or listen or listeners make a huge difference. That's yeah, that's that's uh, it's something that we've seen in in the space is just like um, uh, also it, the thing about digital uh, that I've found is that it you constantly need to feed the beast new content. Mm -hmm. Uh, and so if you're not, if you don't have a big budget to film videos or have someone on your staff that like is making content all the time, um, then you're going to have a hard time kind of keeping up or at least getting those numbers up to a point that you're comfortable with. Yeah, I agree with you. I think that the, the companies that do the best with social media, where social media reflects a larger percentage of their effort and they're succeeding with it generally have someone on staff who's rocking and rolling with it. Right. So They'll not only do they, you know, are they handy with a cell phone cam or maybe they've purchased some prosumer equipment that, that shoots nice video, um, but they know when, you know, they know when John's birthday is and they know when it's um, Susie's, you know, five year anniversary at the company. And so they've got, and, 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 and when the owner ran the half marathon and all of the, the more kind of interesting content that you, you can use on social media and um about the company that sort of gets a little bit more to the heart and the people of the company. And so um, we, we obviously support social media for almost all of our clients. You can't ignore it. Um, you need to do a bare minimum. You have to be present there. You have to be posting. You got to have a, you know, a few monthly posts at minimum, but um, you know, for us, it's, it's a, it's a place where we want to make sure we're, we keep things up to date where we're present, but it, it, it doesn't, it's not the driving force of where we've seen success for our clients and, and the feeding, you talked about feeding the beast one of the, the biggest beasts that needs feeding more and more is Google, right? So we see that all the time where um, a contractor used to be able to, so let's heating and cooling um, is a good example, right? Air conditioning repair is for many of our clients is about the most valuable keyword. And uh, so air conditioning repair will have contractors who used to be able to buy that for $5 and, and then it was $10. And now if you want to compete for that keyword, it, it's 15. And, and then maybe some of them are buying at 20. Well, at $20 per click, how many clicks are you going to get to the website before someone turns into a phone call or a form submission? Probably, I mean, 10, if you're really good, eight to 10, maybe. Um, so you've spent 200 bucks for a phone call. So let's say your closing rate on the, that, that is like 35%, 33%. That's a $600 sale. That's really hard for you to make money on at 5%. You better be selling them a $12,000 system. Otherwise you're spending too much on your click from Google, right? So it's so important to understand anything that is trackable. I love Sarah, you made a good point. People really gravitate towards digital because it's all trackable in theory, but are you really doing the hard work of tracking it? Are you really doing the hard work of saying, well, I, I spent, you know, my, my air conditioning repair campaign, I spent $10,000. I got this many phone calls, this many form submissions, and then you can track those phone calls and form submissions to sales. What was this? How many did I sell? What was the average sale? Okay. So now I spent $10,000 at 5%. Did I do $200,000 worth of business on that? Um, 
And if you're not doing that homework, you could be, you could be wasting money. And it's so easy to have issues with attribution, right? Like it, even if someone, we were talking about this earlier, even if let's say someone Googles your, the name of your company, right? Like they Google, let's say Sarah's air conditioning. Yeah. And that's the term that they're Googling, but then they click on an ad. Is it really the Google ad that got them there? Is it really, you know, my, the billboard that they saw two days ago that got them there. Yeah. And that's why it's so important to, when we go, when we like kind of go back to the plan, like what is the actual holistic goal and yeah. how can I make sure everything is set up in order to hit that? Yeah. The, just to go back to branding um, that we were talking about earlier, our clients that brand have period, all have periods of time when they don't really need to advertise. The clients that don't brand are trying to make hay while the sun shines. And there's a big difference between those two things. So I'd much rather be able to take my money and spread it out into those months where I'm not um, you know, where I'm not so busy and I'm trying to generate more business to flatten out my curves as opposed to, okay, you know, it's, it's roofing season. It's, I got to spend the money now and, you know, and then, and then hope that I can get some, some customers who will sign on with me, even though I'm booked out until September and I can't get to their roof until then. Um, because, you know, that's, you know, that's what I have to do because I've got to like make hay while the sun shines. And I, it's been a tough two years too, given COVID. It's really been deceptive. The marketplace was warped a lot by the excess money that people had because they were staying home. They weren't going on vacations. They were, they were noticing all kinds of weird stuff in their homes because they were stuck in their homes. So it was great. The home contract marketplace still is. It's sort of like, I think we're coming to a point where the, the leads are tailing off a little, that we're getting a bit more normal now. Um, but the last two years have been bizarre. I mean, just... I mean, great, except can I get hold of product? You know, can, you know, there are supply chain issues. And then obviously the worst one we've had contractors deal with is I sold a system in May at the X price. And now it's, it's October when I'm going to install it. And the actual system I sold is 30% more expensive and I'm not making any money on that system. We've had contractors who get to the end of the year and they're like, I had just worked the hardest year of my life and I made less margin. How did that happen? Um, and, you know, so the, it's been a challenging time, but it's also warped kind of the people haven't had to advertise as much for the last few years um, because there's been so much interest in these home improvement services. Yeah. And we're entering this, you know, whether you want to call it a downturn or a market correction or, right. a, you know, uh, some people will say a recession, whatever you want to call it. We are entering this this time period where I think, uh, people's inclination is to save money as where they can, and they may pull back on their marketing budgets, or they're, uh, or they they may just like pull the reins back a little bit. But you, but when we're seeing an economic downturn, that means people may be buying less, so you may have to advertise more to continue. Uh, you know the 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 cash flow that you had uh, during the pandemic, or, or like at least keep the growth going that you saw uh, during the the pandemic. Um, I, I think uh, we have one last question. Sure. Because we're because we this has been great, but it's you know it's like we're we're running into like I don't even know how long this has been. So um, <laughs> this is awesome. Um, but we talked a little. You talked a little bit about. Um, conversions. And I, I wanted to get your ideas on like what's most important to have in place on a website for a contractor. 
or just really anything in place. So they are converting those leads that are coming in from all of the spend that they're they're doing right so um is it you know are the is it a form is it a scheduling tool is it you know x y and z um like what in your estimation is most powerful i'm so i wish i could uh i wish i could have my cro specialist whispering my ear for this one and i'm sure um i'll be he'll point out some of the things that i've missed but the obvious ones but i think that making sure that your landing page is tailored to the ad that sends people there is, is, is oft overlooked. Some, some of our clients were sending people to their homepage. Um, and, you know, if you, but really what we want to do is if we've got an ad that's talking about, you know, saving on air conditioning, let's send them to an air conditioning page with the savings on there. Like make sure that the messaging is, is correct right out of the gates. Um, don't ever forget that all of your pages need to have, or every page is a landing page. And, and if it's the first page you go to, what are the components you want to reinforce with people? I want people to know that I have good ratings. I have good reviews. I want people to know that um, I am, you know, sizable, respected. You know, maybe I've been serving the area for 35 years. What are my values? I'm trusted. I do the job right. I do things the way. Um, you know, my grandpa used to do them when he started the business, you know, whatever that messaging is that resonates with people, making sure that that's on and available on each page, because just because it's on the homepage doesn't mean that people are going to get to it, especially if they're coming in organically. Right. And then having forms, we find that um, right now, phone calls outperform form submissions. Um, and again, we are skewing, many of our customers are skewing into that 35 plus marketplace. I would guess if you were, um, to, if I was to go and look at some of our clients who are selling into the younger audiences, um, that we might see as many form submissions as phone calls or even more form submissions as people get more comfortable with those technologies uh, or text. You know, Often people will have um, text to chat um, enabled on their site. Um, those kinds of things, younger audiences are far more um, comfortable with those kinds of technologies. Um, so, you know, we'll, we want to make sure that, you know, your phone number is available and clickable on every single page. Um, that's really obvious. We put form submissions on almost uh, the ability for a form submission on almost all of our pages. And then uh, say about 50% of our clients run some sort of chat client that um, enables people to um, speak with them directly. Um, you know, people are in, interested in speed. Uh, they're interested in getting information quickly. I think, you know, one of the benefits of Hearth, if you don't mind me saying it, is that like people can get pre-qualified really quickly um, for, you know, for a loan. And that's, I think, the major selling point. And so I think that we that applies in every aspect that we're all like into instant gratification. And, um, and so how quickly can I get an answer? How quickly can I get someone around my house? So having multiple ways people can communicate with you is, is really important. Sorry, go ahead, Sarah. I thought, okay. I thought no, you were gonna say something. Yeah, that makes sense to me. I think also a huge missed opportunity for contractors, just not picking up the phone enough. So many contractors, especially people who are growing their business, maybe they, uh, you know, there's the owner, there's four or five techs, and they're really like taking that next growth stage in their business. Do not have someone dedicated to just picking up phone calls. Yeah. And it's, it's such 
um, a lost because it's like you're directing, let's say you're spending this money on Facebook, you're getting people to your landing page. They're looking at your contact phone number. You know, you just spent what, let's say $200 to drive leads there. They get that phone number. They call you, you don't pick up the phone and they have a plumbing emergency. I know every single homeowner then just hangs up the phone and calls the next plumber (laughs) to some extent. (laughs) Yeah. You don't want to be ankle deep in that stuff. Let me tell you. (laughs) Make make sure you've got tracking on your site so that if somebody, um, often most of the leads off page search, for example, will be from the Google call extension. So you'll put your number into Google and then people will just click directly on that. They won't even go to your website because especially if you're branded, right, they'll know who you are. They know they want you. Um, so most of our calls will come through call extensions, but some people will come to the website and then we can put code on the website so that it throws a tracking number. If you come in off a certain campaign, so we can track which campaign they called from, we can track all of those paid calls. We can track form submissions from campaigns. So making sure your attribution is there and then test, 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 right? Everything you do digitally, you can AB test. So you can have find out more on one page and then talk to an expert as the conversion on another page. And you can see which resonates better with your customers. Um, And we do the same thing, obviously with digital ads, you know, we're always AB testing um, display ads and, um, and, and, and paid search ads and, and all of our advertising is an opportunity to learn what language is getting results. What are people responding to and where are we getting the best ROI and how, what can we kill what can we get rid of and what can we <laughs> that do? That isn't working. Right? Yeah. yeah, exactly. It's so, it's so important. Yeah, no. And yep. I think marketing is that to some extent, right? It's yeah. a lot of trial and error. And as contractors, sometimes, you know, speaking to the home improvement companies on here, it's, you have to be okay and understanding that it is trial and error. I think a lot of contractors that I speak with, I used to work um, a lot in digital lead buying and contractors would be upset. You know, they get 20 leads only to answer in that first bit, but it's understanding that there is a baking period with any type of marketing. It's not, yeah. it's not a, a, you know, it's not a, a switch that you flip and then immediately you have yeah. 700 new leads. There's a process with that. The, 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 you know, we, it's nice that we work with so many contractors that we can actually sort of like, we start the race maybe halfway down the track for most of our clients, if not more, but at the same time, everyone's unique. Every market's unique. Every brand is unique. And the branding component, that can take some while to get traction. You can't brand today and expect a call tomorrow. I I talk about it being like a glass that you fill with water. You're pouring water in a glass and it could take three or four or five months to fill. And then eventually water starts pouring over the edge. That's when, you know, that's the sort of the ROI. That's when the brand is full and people know now the leads are coming in. So, you know, be patient, um, you know, be careful with your money and, and make sure you're not Make sure the things that you can track, you're tracking um, and, uh, and and make sure you build a story that lets people know about your values and why they should call you. Um, it's it's balance all of those things. No, that's great. And what a great way to end the episode. I think those are some four oh. really important takeaways. Um, this is this was great. I, I appreciate the deep dive on this stuff. I think everyone who's listening, I think will appreciate it too, because this was very very informational and educational so thank you so much yeah thank you so much matt yeah you're so welcome absolutely it's been a pleasure yeah and if uh, if you guys want to learn more about matt and uh mpw marketing uh visit uh mpwmarketing.com uh thank you so much for your time and uh i can't wait for everybody to hear this one